Hello and welcome to the Common Sense Gospel. I am Danny Simmons. And I'm Kurt Norbit. And we're thrilled to have you with us today. We are talking about the power of gratitude. What a phenomenal topic and a phenomenal subject. In 1 Chronicles 29, just to kind of get us moving in the direction of gratitude and thinking about what it means biblically and scripturally, we're told in 1 Chronicles 29 that David, we know he's been forbidden to build the temple of God, the house of God, but he is now going to commit himself to gathering everything required for the building of the temple. So 1 Chronicles 29.2 says, Now for the house of my God I have prepared with all of my might gold for the things to be made of gold, silver for the things of silver, bronze, the things of bronze, iron for the things of iron, wood for the things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones and marble slabs in abundance. Moreover, I have set my affection on the house of my God. I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. Then David goes on to list what he gave personally. Get down to verse 10 of 1 Chronicles 29. It says, Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. What a beautiful thing to see King David, the king of Israel. He's brought this nation now together, certainly by the working, by the power of God. They are the entire nations under one king. Uh, Saul was a failure. David is the first successful king over Israel. And he's going to hand all of this power, majesty, and glory to his son Solomon. Coming up very quickly. And he says, Nothing, none, none of this would have come about without you. Mm-hmm. He talks to the Lord about you know our fathers and we ourselves are foreigners and strangers to you, and yet <clears throat> you have you have placed your name upon us. It's, it's just a, it's just a covered in gratitude. He he he's not confused about any of this and, and does not give himself credit, but is constantly thankful that God's included him in, in this great effort. So just by way of introduction, again, we, we're looking at David and, and his heart, and, and what a beautiful thing that is. Uh, Kurt and I were talking about just a basic instance that would show, you know, the power of gratitude and, and what it means when you're truly thankful. Uh, if I were to give my young son, let's say he's five years old, and I give my son, he's the oldest, but he's five, I give him a basketball for his birthday. Now, I've gone to the store, I've looked for the basketball, I've, I've chosen it, and, uh, and I want him to begin to understand the game of basketball. So you know, I've got plans for him, I've got high hopes. I want to teach him ball handling and those things and how to shoot. And so his birthday comes, I give him the basketball. And just a few hours later, I realized that my son is um, fighting with his younger brother over the basketball. Now, you know, I step into the room. The older brother is saying to the younger, uh, this is mine. It's mine. It's mine. You know, and so as a, as a father, I think, well, this has gone horribly wrong. This is, this is not what I was dreaming about when I gave him the basketball. And so I address my five-year-old and say, 
what's the problem, son? And he says, well, this is mine. My next question to him is, who gave that to you? It came from somewhere. Where did it come from? And, you know, press him a little bit. He says, well, you gave it to me for my birthday. It's mine. You know, still thinking about that. That's right. I gave it to you in love for a purpose. Now, the question is for you, young man, is do you think I gave you the basketball so you could go fight with your brother over it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even in his young mind, he's thinking, oh, man, dad doesn't want me fighting with my brother. Obviously, that's not the answer, right? Mm-hmm. And so many times, if gratitude is not where it's supposed to be, that's where we end up. We, I'm not thankful for what I've been given or what's been granted to me in my life. I don't give honor and glory and praise to God. And so... The way I look at this item or this gift, talent, is skewed right off the bat because I think it's mine. And and the Lord's been clear about all that. No, no, it's not. We are given or we're entrusted certain things in our life. And then how we handle those things uh, reflects who we are and, and whether or not we're grateful to God for what he's done. So it's a very simple idea, but it really helps. Jesus uses the same principle with kids and how fathers give things to their children. In Luke chapter 7, he says, If your son asked you for bread, would you give him a stone? If he asked you for a fish? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matthew 7 in verse 11, clearly, we, we talked about this before. Yeah, it's, it's in, in Matthew, Luke also. Yeah, it's, in, it's in Matthew and Luke. But Matthew 7, um, Jesus says, If your son asked for a fish, would you give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, this is verse 11, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So there it is again, you know, understanding where it comes from, from being grateful to our Father for the gifts that he gives. Yeah, it's uh, those, that example that you give uh, there of the, the basketball and David's powerful words and beautiful words in, in uh, First Chronicles really touch on the, the point, the importance of thanksgiving, I think, Danny, because, you know, we can look at it uh, at a surface level and just say, well, you know, why, why, why is it so important that I be thankful? And we can answer, well, we have the example of Jesus. Uh, he was thankful on many occasions. Uh, the Last Supper comes to mind. He gave thanks for the bread, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Eat, this is my body given for you. So he was thankful to the Father for those things. Um, we could also note that it's a, a characteristic that should uh, uh, be part of the life of a child of God, of, of, of his people. Uh, David, again, wrote in Psalm 50, 14, Offer to God your thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Uh, that's Old Testament. That was spoken to Israel. But to us today, in Colossians three fifteen, Paul says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Yeah. That's a command. That's we right. are to be thankful. That's to characterize us as Christians. But to go to the deeper question that, that we're looking at is, well, why? And, of course, unbelievers like to attack God on things like this. Oh, why, why is God always commanding to be worshipped and we thank him for everything? I mean, does he have an ego problem? Is God insecure or what? And that's, of course, 
those who hate God will misrepresent him in that way. God doesn't give commands because they benefit him. They benefit us. And he knows that. And he knows that. And when he tells us we need to do something, it's because we need to do that. It's good for us, and it's dangerous if we don't. That's right. And and so it, it's not that this revolves around God necessarily, that I, I need these things from men. Because if I stop worshiping God and giving him thanks tomorrow, guess what? He's still going to be God. That's not going to degrade him or lessen him nope. or bring him down from his sovereignty in any way. It's only going to hurt me. And we can see that as an example in Romans chapter 1, because when Paul is listing the, what I like to call the descent of man into just depravity and and all sorts of filthiness and, and abomination, I find it interesting that as he begins looking at the things they're doing in verse 29, they're being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They're whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, uh, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, all this stuff. If you look up in verse 21, where did, it, where did this all start? He says, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. That's right. But became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So that's why we need to have this, as some people like to say, the attitude of gratitude. That nice little phrase helps us to remember it. Sure. We do need to have that attitude because it's dangerous for us if we don't. We don't wind up in a good place. Because now, if we're not thankful, our minds are drifting away from God and they're locking in on moi. Yeah. Uh, It's me now. And I think there's even a prayer that illustrates that. Oh, yeah, Luke 18 was something we were talking about just a little while ago. And I'll, I'll read that because it's Jesus gives the example of the tax collector and the Pharisee who have both gone into the temple to pray or into the synagogue to pray, uh, Luke 18 and verse 9. Yep. Yes. It says, He spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves. That's the very problem that you're just talking about. Mm-hmm. They trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with, with himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. So that's the prayer of the Pharisee. And so we say, well, to give thanks to God is good. Well, he did that, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He started his prayer that way. He says, I, God, I thank you. So that's, that part of his prayer is excellent. The rest of his prayer is awful. Because what does he say? That I'm not like other men? Who told him that? <laughs> yeah, that's He's exactly like other men. He has deceived himself. That's right. Yeah. I'm not an extortioner. I don't do this. I'm not even like this filthy tax collector. And the Lord, imagine the Lord looking from heaven, looking down on this man and saying, you don't know this man at all. Mm. The only thing you know about him is he collects taxes. The tax collector, on the other hand, 
is, is not even have the ability to look up. He beats on his chest and he just cries out to God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says, the tax collector will walk away justified, mm-hmm. which means the Pharisee in his own self-deceit is not justified. He came in believing he was already justified. That's his problem, right? He, and he says, oh, I thank you, God. I'll give you a little bit of credit because I'm so good, yeah. right? Oh, it's horrible. And it just, it just reeks. And I love that Jesus says, you know, the man standing back in the back, he's justified because he's come to his father with the right heart and the right attitude. If the Pharisee was truly thankful, mm-hmm. it rewires his process of thinking about everything. You know, it all comes from the Lord. Without God, we're nothing. Uh, to be humble, all those things fall where they're supposed to be when you give appropriate thanks to the yeah. one who's given it to you. That's the key. That, that, like you said, well, this is a prayer of thankfulness because that's how he starts it out, but it is not appropriate thankfulness. No. He, like you said, he's thankful to God for making him so superior to everyone else, <laughs> yeah. which God just vomits. That's right. But I, I think in that line, it's significant. I think what Jesus says at the start of that, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. Right. That's about as far as that prayer got. Yep. Is himself because that's what the prayer was all about. It's him. Yeah. And God's not hearing it. He says, I have three or four times. Yeah, it's all about me. I did this. I did that. He's got severe severe eye trouble here. (laughs) And... It, it needs to be corrected, and that's the point of the parable. That's right. Um, I'm going to offer First Timothy 4 because, you know, we think about mm. gratitude. and just, Now, I just want to show an example of how gratitude comes out in, in, in the way that we're supposed to be grateful to the Lord. First Timothy 4, 4, Paul says, For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. I don't know how many of us think about, you know, we, we would say, well, let's pray before the meal. That's typically what we say. But according to this passage, we can say, let's sanctify this meal. It's sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. Mm-hmm. What prayer? I thank you, God, that I'm so great. No, it's sanctified by giving thanks to God for providing that very food that we're about to enjoy and eat together. And Paul says by inspiration that that is sanctified when prayer is offered for it. I think that really gives it another special feel mm-hmm. about, oh, we have to pray before we eat. You know, No, no, we, we need to, we have to, we should. Uh, we want to talk to the Lord and thank him because he's given it to us. Yeah, it, in fact, it makes me think of an example that happens frequently when I am over at my son's house for dinner. We'll sit down and the granddaughter's, are, can we start eating? And they're ready to go, and their their forks are about an inch away from their mouth. And I, I just try to remind them, let's not be rude to God. We need oh. to tell Him thank you first. Yeah. And they'll they'll put their forks down, and then we'll all hold hands, and and just like that, sanctified by the Word of God in prayer. Then, in other words, by the Word of God, He has authorized this. It has been set apart by His Word. He has declared it, and we. Offer our prayer of thankfulness for it. And now we're in line with that. <clears throat> yeah, we we, bountiful we are now receiving it properly because we realize that this, this food didn't come from me and my labors. Yeah. Yes, I did work for it, but God gave me the ability to work. And he allowed this food to be produced. It grew or however it was 
you know, cattle that, that grazed the grass that he caused to grow. That's right. It all comes down to being from his hand. And it, I think it ties into actually worshiping uh, God in a way, because Hebrews thirteen fifteen says, Therefore by him that is Christ, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Well, that's, that's a thread that runs through the New Testament. We are priests to God. Romans 12, 2 says, Offer up your reasonable service as a sacrifice to God. Give, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's our priestly duty. Yeah. And so here we're offering sacrifice. Well, what is it? The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So when we're offering thanks for whatever it might be, the fruit on our table, the trials we're going through in our life, whether it's illness or whatever it might be, we're thankful to God. Yeah. That's praising him. That is a sacrifice of praise. And that, again, as you said, it helps kind of refocus things as to who we are and who God is. He's God, I'm not, and I depend on him. And he's seen fit to give this to me. Yeah. It's uh, a beautiful What, what beautiful gifts. Yeah. What generous gifts. That's really and cool. It, it just, you know, we were talking, how do you feel when you do something nice for somebody? Just because you want to. They, you're not, it's not tit for tat, oh, they did that for me yesterday, so I'm going to do something nice back. You just want to do it. Right. You know, here's this person over there. They need a little help, whatever it is. I'm just going to do this nice thing for them. So you do it. And you say, oh, okay, later. And they're off and running on their day. How do you feel when you have done something nice out of the goodness of your heart for somebody, and to them it just, yeah, blow it off, not important, see you around. We kind of like to be thanked for that. But yeah, if the person looks at you and you can just tell from them that, that they're thinking, you owe you owed this to me anyway, and you, mm-hmm. like you gave it out of the goodness of your heart, you let them borrow something, or whatever it was, like you said, no matter what it is, and the attitude is, um, you know, when I ask for it, it needs to be given. So you just, you did your duty. That, yeah. that hurts, it stings, yeah. you know, and you just want to say, hey, excuse me, you know, this wouldn't have happened unless... And we don't do it, like you said, as a tit-for-tat to be thanked. But we all understand that when someone says, uh, especially younger people, when they come and they say, thank you, you know, mm. for what you did yesterday. Or, yeah. I mean, it's just overwhelming because kids who are not trained up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, they don't say thank you. Yeah. No one's ever told them that. Or, and if they do, it's by force. Mm. And as soon as they get old enough, they're never going to do it again because the understanding of all of that has never been laid down properly to say, no, this is crucial that you understand that someone thought enough of you to do this. Right. And because of that, now you sit down and write them a card, a thank you card, whatever it may be, that's good for you. You know, you mentioned the kids earlier, and I, I can't leave that. We almost did. I can't leave that point. Because when you tell kids, we got to pray before we eat, and you enforce that, and like you say, we're not going to be rude to God, you just wait, Kurt. There's going to be a day when you're eating that bag of potato chips. Or <laughs> and those little girls going to say, did you pray? And, oh, you know, the, the answer is and, not. And uh, I'm, I'm going to have to say, you're absolutely right. I'm going to pray right now. Even a, a bag of potato chips, as insignificant <laughs> as that might seem, God has enabled me to enjoy that. I'm telling you. And I need to appreciate that. And, you know, coming back to kids, how often do we say when... Someone compliments them or does something nice for them, and they, 
start to go away and say, what do we say? That's right. Oh, thank you. That's right. Well, why are we doing that? Because they need to learn to be appreciative. It's not because oh, they're making me look bad as a parent or, you know, grandma's not going to like that. Well, grandma will be hurt. Sure. But, but the, kids the kids need to learn. That's right. They need to learn. That's right. And we're kids. We're the children of God, and we need to learn. And so he reminds us, be thankful. Yeah. Because it's so important. That's right. And you had a negative example, didn't you? At least one of uh, Thanksgiving or lack of Thanksgiving, uh, not glorifying God. Yeah. Uh, I had mentioned Romans, and, of course, that shows where you wind up. Yeah, because Romans 1 says they did not glorify God, nor, nor were, thankful, were thankful, so that those two are tied together. Right, and and with that attitude, they were they just were on the slippery slope to hell. Yeah, uh, We read the end of the chapter there of all of those ugly things that God sees in the disobedient, who those who are in rebellion against him and will not give that up. It starts, among other things, with that unthankfulness that lack of appreciation. But Jesus, uh, if we look back in his ministry, there was a time recorded for us in Luke uh, 17, beginning at verse 11, where, let me just read it so I don't mess it up with my finite mind. It happened in Luke 17, 11, that as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him, Ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, which is what they're supposed to do. They are excommunicated from the community. They're unclean. They they can't come into town. When they see someone approaching, they got to go to the other side of the road. This is all part of the law. And so leprosy was a horrible thing. Not just a dangerous disease, but just the social and emotional rejection. I mean, life's over. Yeah, so they're afar off, and they see Jesus coming. So in verse 13, they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. How simple. (laughs) I mean, they didn't even go into a big deal. Look at the leprosy we've got. He says, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus doesn't make a big deal. He just says, Go show yourself to the priest. Well, that was part of the law because... When you were cleansed of leprosy, you went to the priest so that he could look at it and verify, yes, there's nothing here, you're clean. And then you offered the sacrifices and were brought back into the community. So they go on their way. Verse 15, now one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except for this stranger, this foreigner? What's Jesus' response there? I'm surely he appreciates the one who came. Yeah, he did what was right. But what's his concern? Where are the other ones. Where are the nine? Didn't I heal ten of you? Right. Are you the only one who returned to give glory to God? So Jesus was not pleased with the fact that nine of them, after being healed of this horrible situation, 
didn't even think that was important enough to go back and give thanks. Yeah. They just went on their way. I'm sure they were pleased and rejoicing, but here's the one who realized where it came from. Yeah. Like you said, he's glad the one came back to glorify God and yes. to give thanks. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus says that he absolutely glorified God. But it's not a numbers game where he's like, well, if seven out of ten would have come, I would have been okay with it. That's not how that works. All ten owe gratitude and thanks to God, and only one had done it. So, so the other nine, um, they're not thankful. It's, it's all in that verse. They glorify God to give thanks and to glorify God again. Thanks is sandwiched right between those two glorifications of God. And as that begins, they say to him, have mercy on us. So in the moment, they know. We need you. Yeah. We need yeah. you. Not only do we need you, Good we point. need you to have mercy. And so he says, okay, go your way and show yourselves to the priest. Mercy was extended to them, and they never come back. Not yeah. nine of them, never come back. So it, it does show the negative side of this, that um, God is still God, as you said. They're still cleansed of their leprosy, and yet didn't think enough about it to give thanks. Does that mean he's not Jesus anymore? Or he's lost some of his power? No. The glorification of God is for their good to, to truly understand how all of this works and where I stand in all of this, you know, where where I fit in, and that God has his heart just placed upon us to be so good to us. You know, he's, he's reaching to us. He's, he's saying to us, I care for you. I love you. I tend to you every day. And we're supposed to at some point wake up and say, man, I sure am thankful for that. Mm. No, I, and he has the power to just yank it away anytime he that's wants. That's right. Job said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Yeah. Blessed it, be the name of the Lord in either case. It's all we can do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a shame when, when we're not thankful. And we're, like I said, with the example of the potato chips, we're all run into moments when we think, ah, oh, I could have done better. You mm. know? Sure. Because there's tendencies there within us, but we want to work against those the best that we can. Yeah. I, I like to think that this Samaritan who came back and humbled himself and, and gave thanks and thereby glorifying God, he was the only one of the ten in touch with reality. Because with their immediate need, they turned to the right place. Lord, have mercy on us. Mm -hmm. But for nine of them, as soon as that was taken care of, that's all they saw. Hey, problem taken care of, great. Now I can go in and... Uh, and uh, have lunch at the cabana there with, <laughs> with the guys now. Well, yeah. wait a minute. You're not seeing any further than that? I know. There's an unreality there. And uh, kind of a thread in my thinking over the last couple of years is when, when you start latching on to unreality, you are no longer thinking straight. Absolutely. You become insane because you're not in touch with reality. Yeah. Yes, their, their immediate situation was healed, but they saw no further than that. Lord, have mercy on us. Oh, problem solved. Great. I can go on my way. No. There's a deeper thing here. I need to go back to the one who had mercy and show my appreciation for that because I didn't deserve it. Yeah. They knew to go to for help, and they didn't go back right. for thank, for, to be thankful. And it's, it's as clear as it can be there. First uh, Thessalonians 5.15, Paul says, mm -hmm. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. Just think about being grateful. You know, Don't render evil for evil to anyone. But always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything. Give thanks, 
for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So all of that's tied into this idea of gratitude, that I, I can do these things. I can rejoice always. I can pray constantly and without ceasing because I am thankful, right? That's a reflection of my gratitude. Uh, it's, it's not a chore to, to go to God in prayer uh, continually or constantly or without ceasing. It, it's a blessing to be able to speak to the one who gives so bountifully to us. So mm-hmm. it all fits beautifully. And in fact, sometimes we hit a wall and we you know, I know I'm supposed to pray, but what should I pray about? Well, just stop and think what you have. Count your blessings. Yeah. If you've got family, be thankful for that. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a nation of abundance. Be thankful for that. You have life. You have another day to enjoy that God has given us. Be thankful for that. Just start listing the things to be thankful for. Uh, I'm ill. I don't understand, but I should be thankful for that. Yeah. Because in some way, God can use me perhaps as an example or whatever it might be. Uh, James said, count it all joy when trials befall you. Yeah. Well, if we're joyful about it, then that means, well, maybe I should be thankful for that. Why? Because James said this is going to work out. It develops your character. It's yes. going to develop patience yeah. and trust and faith. faith yeah. So even things that we think are bad... God has allowed them because they're good. Yeah. We, they can be used for good. It, it depends on our response. And the first thing we need to be is thankful. And then ask, Lord, help me to see your plan in this. You, help me to see how you want to use me. That's right. I know you have a phenomenal final verse for us. Uh, Philippians 2.14 was one that I was thinking about with yeah. gratitude. Go for it. And it just says, do all things without complaining and disputing. And, and that has that doesn't say thankful or thank God or anything in it, uh, and yet this one really was kind of on on my mind because the only way I can do all things without complaining and disputing is if my heart's filled with gratitude, and I you know there's trust and confidence in God there that I'm, I'm grateful to the Lord that He's He's been here for me and, and taken care of everything. When I was too young to know any better, He cared for me. Mm-hmm through the the providing of, of parents and you know everything that's set up by him is established to keep me safe. And so if I'm going to do something, do all things without complaining. I just you know there's no room for complaint because I'm grateful. I can't be grateful and complaining, can I? <laughs> Not really. We saw the Pharisee try it. Yeah. That's right. You know, I'm I'm thankful that I'm perfect and all these people I got to put up with, you know. He's, he's trying to be thankful while complaining about other men like this pathetic tax collector. Mm-hmm. And the two don't, they don't sit together. That's oil and water. Um, I'm, I'm not going to fight with my brother in Christ if I'm thankful to God that I have the life that I have and that God's given us an opportunity to sit down and study and talk about the mm-hmm. issue and be settled and be brothers again. Right? Yes. That's gratitude takes us there as, as it should. Mm-hmm. So that, that was the one I wanted to mention. Okay. That's a beautiful one. Uh, well, just in closing, I, I had looked at Colossians 3.17, which really summarizes the life of a, of a disciple or a follower of Christ. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's our <laughs> life. We live our life in word and deed. By the authority of God, by in doing His will, do it in the name of Jesus. And what else? Giving thanks 
to the Father through him. Through Jesus That should Christ. typify our lives. Yeah. Well, that was a perfect commentary on Philippians 2, Philippians 2.14. <laughs> do all things without complaining. Whatever you do in word or deed, this is, here's how you do it without complaining. Do it in the name of the Lord. There you go. And be giving thanks while you do it. That is such a, a neat thing. Uh, and, and one that needs our attention and a diligent effort. We're grateful that all of you have uh, tuned in today to, to hear this episode. And, and we sure hope, as always, we hope and pray uh, that the efforts that were put forth here are, are beneficial to you in your walk with the Lord as you diligently seek God, that, that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. And, and we pray that you are doing that, continue to do that, and that you are a blessing to those around you in that process. May God bless you and be with you always.